You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Natasha McRae. Welcome. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to be interviewing you. It sounds like we do similar stuff in our professional lives. Yeah, I saw your love sign and I was like, oh yeah, I have that in my office on the other side. It's like a smaller one, but that is so cute. I want to take it. I think it was Etsy. I don't know. (laughs) I don't remember, but um, yes, we are definitely on the same page. Um, So you guys, you are in for a treat today. I'm going to read to everybody about Natasha first, and then we're going to hear her story and just get into lots of amazing topics about how she helps people, what she does, how she inspires people, etc. So Natasha McRae has seen and experienced self-doubting, negative mindset, and overall imbalance in work and life that keeps women from reaching their greatest potential. She developed a system that allowed her to to design the life she really wants. She now coaches others to design their life exactly how they want it with more love, confidence, and work-life balance. Through the development of her one-woman show, Evolution of a Love Addict, several years of counseling, and serial entrepreneurship, Natasha turned her life around and elevated herself from love addict to love CEO. During a successful national tour of her show, which included a audience talkback sessions, she encouraged women to face their fears and step into their life's purpose. So all of this just so, so wonderful. How, before the how, before the how you do what you do, tell us the, the why, the, tell us your story. How did you get into this work? Wow. So I had such a hard time with love growing up. It's, I would always attract the wrong kind of guy. I didn't really know my value. It was horrible. And I, it stems back to when I was 15 and I found out that um, I had twin brothers who were not my mother's children, but were my father's children. So you can put two and two together. My father had an affair and, and we, he had twins. Um, Yeah, that was wild. And so at that moment I can pinpoint that's when I started seeing guys in a different light. Mm-hmm. I felt like all I would get was the disappointment. So I was in a great relationship with a very trustworthy, honest young guy at 16 or 15, how you can be in that type of relationship. But I was, and I just decided to break up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to cheat on him. That was never even in my consciousness. And after that, every single guy that I attracted into my life They all looked the same. They were just in a different body. And it was the guy who um, let me know what I was going to get up front. We know, we can see them a mile away, that they're going to give you heartache, that you're going to have to be asking questions. You just know exactly what you're getting. And I chose that because I didn't, I didn't want to be blindsided and it was very painful. So I found myself being a love addict. Mm -hmm. You, you name it. If you, they showed on the movies, that's how love is supposed to be. In an hour and a half, you're in a relationship, you're out of the relationship, you break up and you get married and have kids all in an hour and a half. (laughs) And I found myself constantly looking for guys who were going to be this romance. And then the minute any sign of dissension showed up, I would just kick them to the curb or I kept 
dealing with the same riffraff day after day, year after year, decade after decade. And that's why by the time I was 30, I was married and divorced twice. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm now in my final marriage, which came after therapy. (laughs) I call it AT after therapy. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) And I, and then I wrote a one woman show about it, about that entire process. And I met my husband after he saw the one woman show which was wild. Yeah. I was just like, you saw my show and you want a date? You get, I gave them all the insider info. (laughs) So, so can you tell us about the show first of all? Mm -hmm. And, um, so he saw your show. How did he get to your show? First of all, it's so crazy. So I was preparing for my show. It was New Year's Eve. I walk into this New Year's Eve party with my girlfriend and we just figured we're going to New Year's Eve hop. And we were both on the whole dating prowl at the time. We were just dating, enjoying dating. And so we went to this party and he's there. And I asked him where to put my jacket. I was like, do you know where to put the jacket? There was no one else standing around, but it was a party and there were people there. And it seemed like the the atrium just emptied for us. And yeah, it was so bizarre. And so he told me where he thought I could put it. And then I just buzzed off into the distance and was talking to other people. And my director happened to be at the same party. And my director said, oh, you should meet this person. So I said, oh, and I went and I said, oh, I've met him. So we we started talking and then I invited him to my one woman show. And it's so interesting because he didn't even call, like he got my number, but he didn't even call and I wasn't even thinking about it because I was out there dating. It was so bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, he got invited to my one woman show from me and my director at a new year's Eve party. And so fast forward the new year's Eve party, fast forward two months and he was at my show and talking to my family. And I never even talked to him at this point. Okay. Never talked to him. Did he come up to you after the show and say, yes, hi. Yeah. So I'm buzzing around talking to all who have come to the show. And I noticed he was kind of lingering by my family, but he happened to know one of my family members. And so then we talked great show. I'm glad you came. And that was it. And so then fast forward two weeks, um, actually fast forward another month. And we both got invited to a happy hour a friend was having and I remember he was so nice. He, there were no seats. We, he was at the bar. He gave me a seat. And I said, oh, this guy's great. And I left there and I called my girlfriend. I said, that guy who came to the show and never called, he's, he was here. And I said, well, I guess he's not interested, but I felt there was something. And the next day, I, me and my girlfriend went to have coffee. And I said, you know, I think I'm ready to have a serious relationship. And I was seeing several different guys at the time. And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to hand out pink slips because I don't know if you if anyone listening knows that weekend thing where you text some you're like, I don't have a date yet. So let me just put the bait out. You know, you're texting people. How's your weekend? You know, how are you doing? And someone's going to say, hey, you want to get together? You want to do something? It it is a numbers game. Yes. Yeah, it's a numbers game. And so I was just about to put out the filler text. And I said, you know, I think I'm ready to be in a relationship. And no one I was dating was very relationship material, but they were all amazing guys because it was after therapy. So I was just taking in who these people were and having a fabulous time meeting them and, you know, sharing experiences with them. But at that point, I just said, I think I want to be in a relationship. And so I didn't send out that text. 
And I went home and was hanging out and he called and said, hey, my friend's having an opening for a restaurant. Would you like to come with me? And I said, sure. And so when was all of this? This was all in 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. That was so you guys 2012. And then yeah. you got married when? Then I got married in 2014. When 2014? June. 6, I got married 14, 14. I was married May 17th of 2014. What? We're just like, yeah, we, we, just like a, we have like a double date celebration for I know nine, right? Next year will be yeah. nine. Right? Yep. Yeah. Next year will be nine. Okay. So congratulations. This is amazing. I love your story. So thank you. How take us through how you, um, how you help people. You, you get clients. How do you empower them? How do you work with them? Oh my goodness. The, I feel like the richest place in the world is the heart of the woman who's next to me. And I felt like I wanted to be what I needed back when I didn't know my value back when I was, I'm a single mom. So I was on that rat race and always tired and always working and never taking time for myself and everyone, you know, I was doing things for them and yeah. wasn't really doing things for myself. And so when I did my one woman show, I had Q and a after the show and I'm thinking they're going to ask, well, how long did it take you to write it and who directed it? But the questions that came up were, how do you forgive again? How do you get back dating after divorce? Mm -hmm. How do you forgive your family? How do you find yourself when you've lost yourself after relationship after relationship? And so it turned into group therapy. And at that point, I knew my mission was always to encourage and empower women through all forms of media, being an actress. And so I would be returning emails late at night, like 2 a.m. and telling them what I did and the things that helped me and the books that I had read, you know, thousands of hours of therapy and books and power, you know, empowerment workshops. And at that point, I knew there was a need. And so I began coaching. And the very first course that I created was called Loving Yourself to Love. And so I basically took the steps that I did in order to get off the hamster wheel, out of survival mode, and really back into authentically loving myself, because that's when you become that magnet. And so that was the very first thing I did um, when I first started my business. And then that turned into private coaching, because I found that the women, once they were off the thriving and off the hamster wheel, they wanted to do more in life. And they wanted to figure that out and they needed help figuring that out. And God gifted me being a masterful strategist. And so we'll sit down and uncover your deepest desires and authentic goals and just get into ways that build your confidence, but also design the life you want. Because we can look at other people's lives, but it's not exactly what we need. It can be this, you know, you can say, hey, I'm starting a coaching and I'm starting a coaching and one person is, you know, coaching 50 hours a week and another person has automated courses. Like it just depends on what right. you personally need. So that's how I, I coach. And so fast forward, I created another course called Date Like a Boss. And then over the years, I found that us packaging together all of the courses seemed to be a better fit for my clients. And so I started a membership community. Um, this membership community helps women get back in touch with themselves, learn what really self -care, real self-care looks like, um, and then as well as connecting them to their goals and dreams and keeping it in the forefront of their mind. And so we have this beautiful community where there are the tools 
that they have access to without feeling that overwhelm of, I got to take a master's class on how to do self-care. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. let's implement this into your already busy schedule. Let's create a lifestyle around it. So I help women create a lifestyle of self-care, awaken that love by using the love intelligence method that I um, teach and staying in the, staying in the priority in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that you're, you're making it so you don't have to go from zero to a hundred in a second. And that's, that's the work that I do as well. You know, if you look at therapy, counseling, coaching, if you look at it as daunting or something, if you, if you look at it as work, you're going to resent it. But if you That's look okay. at it as just a beautiful flow, you're growing, you're, evol- you're evolving and your awakening is going to happen. And just to trust mm-hmm. that, trust the process, then it will happen so much more authentically versus you have to do this, you have to do this in this timeline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a little tough because I was trying to get into you know, workshops and stuff like that. And it was like, okay, you have to do this and that. And I'm like, let me calm down. I just need to, I need to get my head around what my new life's going to look like first, mm-hmm. or I need to identify mm-hmm. what that's going to look like. And healing takes time, period. Oh, totally. It totally. And like you were saying, you know, everybody's different. Healing mm-hmm. takes a different amount of time for, for everyone. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm curious what you think about the whole letting go of the past <laughs> concept. Yeah. Because personally, I believe that, yes, there are certain things that will hold us back if we don't let go. However, the wonderful good experiences that we have with men from the past that maybe just didn't work out, not because it was a horrible relationship, it just wasn't right. Yeah. I believe in not cutting that cord because what it did, what it does for us is it made another chamber in our heart. It raised our heart. So you do want that. You want to keep that with you so that it's a, it's a bar that you set when you are dating again and you you're dating and you're thinking, okay, does this, do I feel as much or more for this new guy as I did before? Not comparison in, you know, but just, this is what I deserve. This is what feels amazing. I know I'm capable of feeling this and I want to feel it again. Yeah. My philosophy on that is similar to yours. I feel like every situation in our lives is collecting data, especially in the dating. I call that like the data collections. And so with that being said, I feel like if we collect the data, we can take the lessons And the lessons might be feel good moments and leave those experiences because there, there is a very fine line that some people, if they haven't got to the healing spot, they will hold on to those past experiences that are good and be sizing them up. Um, But definitely I feel like we have to use those good moments. Um, Mm -hmm. And even the moments that weren't so good is just for data It's just data collecting to understand what we don't want, um, but not holding on to it so that we can be in this present moment here and now. We learn from, we learn about ourselves in those moments. We can't just forget all of our experiences, but there is something to be said. I understand the letting go concept, but it's much more complicated. It's, It's much more, maybe not complicated, but more intricate in just let it go. Oh my God. Just... 
you're like, um, sorry, but this is really something that's happened. I'm having these feelings. Um, address it, love it. But I understand that that idea of an open hand is the one that can receive. Mm-hmm. So whether you're holding on to something negative or holding on to something positive, it, are your hands open enough to receive the right. good that's in front of you? There is such a fine line, you know, with mm-hmm. letting go of the past, with being able to be present for the purpose yeah. of being present. You know, we were just talking about that so that we can create our future and manifest our future. Mm-hmm. So there's such a fine line because what we're yes. talking about here is, yes, the data. Take take these wonderful feelings and the wonderful positive experiences with us. Also, what did I learn from the negative challenging yeah. experiences? And that somebody who is awakening and somebody who is evolving and growing, someone who is conscious, who can look at those experiences and instead of letting them define you, mm-hmm. you look at them and you say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from them? And yeah. then you take that beautiful gift along with you to me and it makes you even stronger. Yeah, it does. It really does. And that is a beautiful gift. It may not. I remember when I went to therapy, the first indoctrination into therapy after the second divorce. And I had to hold the mirror up and look myself in the face and say, I can't keep pointing the finger at these womanizers, so to speak. Oh, he's a dog or he's a womanizer. Mm -hmm. I had to look myself and go, why did I allow that type of person within my aura field? Like, how did they even get close, (laughs) close to me? Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. stayed. how did yeah. I allow him stay how did I let this person stay and that was where I felt the healing was for me the healing mm-hmm. wasn't in the avoidance or you know talking about the guys I was with the healing was hmm what would I do different and how could I change this and what how do I view myself in order to keep taking this garbage, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yes. We are constantly co-creating our lives. We are constantly Mm -hmm. manifesting everything that happens around us. And it's, it's how am I showing up? How was I showing up that I allowed that relationship to happen or to meet, to manifest this man. And then for him to stay around for a long time and be sleeping, not being awake to really see what was going on and, and allowing it to, Occur. And that it could be, this is, first of all, it's very human, okay? Most people mm-hmm. go through relationships at some point that they look back and they're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. So it's very human, um, but it's also, it's very real. So looking back, yeah. it, all, it makes so much sense. Like, how did mm-hmm. I allow it? But then, okay, I forgive myself. I was doing the best that I could. Oh, yeah. Give yourself grace. I knew what I was doing. It was, it was honestly not wanting the shock. I didn't want the shock to, if, for me, the shock that I had when I found out my dad had twin boys, mm. that shock, the shock mm. of this perfect, my dad was great at every single track meet, having me work out with world renowned, you know, trainers and, and just there and present and family vacations and, you know, dinner at the dinner table, mom and dad on a regular as far back as I could remember. And that then to find out I have these twin brothers that shattered my, my world, my ideal. And so 
I didn't like the sh- the surprise. I didn't like that jolt mm-hmm. of the surprise of the letdown. So it was almost, and this is me psychoanalyzing after the fact, ladies, everybody listening just know, but I, I didn't want that shock. And so it was easier for me to know what I was getting into. Like I saw it, I knew it. There were signs. This was never a moment of, oh my goodness, I didn't know. He totally flipped the switch, you know, on those previous relationships. But I feel like also you're, you were in defensive mode. You were, you were constantly waiting for the shoe to drop. When is he going to drop this shot? Because it was like, there's something in the spiritual world called a, some, some people call it samskara, samsara, which is crystallized Mm -hmm. energy. And that energy was stuck in you. And because you hadn't looked at it yet. Nope. And so you were constantly, it sounds like in, in fear mode. Yeah. Waiting. And also I think that maybe you were with, you were with these guys cause you knew that they couldn't really turn into something anyway. So you were protecting yourself or something. You knew it was going to end. Well, I married two of them. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I knew it was going to end, but I did, you know, it's just like, I feel, you know, as you say that, that resonates. I do think that that's what was happening. And I can tell you it was that fear all the time. Like who, who, what, what text am I going to see pop up on the phone or whose voice message am I going to overhear? Or, you know, now I don't even, I mean, that stuff doesn't even cross my mind to be honest with you. And then do you see how you were making those things a self-fulfilling prophecy? Cause totally. Because the universe gives us what we focus on. You were focused totally. on the fear. And so it gave it to you. A hundred percent. I mean, that was the hardest thing. That was the hardest thing for me to accept. And in the past, and I feel like I'm coming out of it now, it was one of the hardest things to, to tell my clients. Mm, That was, I think because we all want to, most people go to absolutes, you know, like, Oh, I did this to myself. What are you talking about? And then they want to go to the, the most horrible situations um, whether it's a major trauma that has happened mm-hmm. and, and I don't know how to explain those situations that happen, you know, the, the bad, bad things that happen in the world and be like, Oh, that, that kid called, called this to happen for themselves. Like, I don't know how to explain that, but I can 100% tell you in my situation and in situations with relationships and your personal choices and your, your money and your finances, which are directly related to that, um, love, you name it, we can really say that your thoughts created these actions and, you know, that created the situations that we're continuing to live. Where we are living in this moment is the direct harvest of our thoughts and beliefs that we've had previously. Mm-hmm. So, so what are we planting in this moment today? I feel like I want to give this like an amen, like a hallelujah. Yeah, Seriously. but it was, but it was a challenge for me to, that was one of the hardest for me back then. Now I accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, but explaining it can be a ch- sometimes a challenge. I explain it anyway. So it's not a challenge in explaining it, but when the conversation comes up about those app, those, those horrible traumatic um, things that happen in the world. I, I can't, I, I don't have the rec. I can't reconcile. I don't know. That's like, yeah. I don't know what I don't know. I just, that's all I say is I don't know. And sometimes we don't know. 
Yeah. And that's okay. We don't need to know. We don't need to know everything, but what we can do is we can trust. Uh, We can trust that there's a reason for everything and that it couldn't have happened any other way. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I think even like every word that we say is already planned out. And we chose, (laughs) like, I, I just planned that out. Before we came to this earth, we chose everything. We chose our parents, yeah. we chose our experiences. Um, and speaking, I mean, this is a totally different show, but speaking of, because you were talking more globally, um, I can't, maybe Victor Frankl, um, he was, a, he's a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Um, he wrote a beautiful book that really helps from like a spiritual point of view, how, why, how, etc. Um, and then there's also, there's a woman, I can't remember her name. She's an author and she was also a Holocaust survivor and, and how she, she made that choice to turn her life around. And I've had so many people on this show, just like you I haven't had that lady on my show, but there's this man who actually I would love you to meet. His name is Michael Unbroken, who tra- trauma mm. survivor. And we always talk, I love talking about this topic. Everybody yeah. has a choice at some point, yeah. you have your choice. You can go and make things even worse. You can stay the same or you can make things better. And yeah, you did. And that's what you're helping people to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make those, make those choices. Choose yeah. you. Absolutely. Cause when we are, are we're whole, we're fulfilled. Then we give. Yes. And we can pour from the, the overflow that's in the saucer that the teacup sits on rather than this empty teacup. We're trying to splash love or fun on people. And it's like, no, (laughs) pour into your teacup, let that overflow. And then let's give it to others. And you have more to give. I like that you said teacup and not, it's usually your your glass of wine is like overflowing. It's very nice. It's nice. Like, I don't know, more conservative way of looking at things. Like yeah, it. and and I don't know what kind of saucer my glass of wine would be sitting on. The only overflow is me drinking it. <laughs> it will never overflow my glass of wine. Because <laughs> you just drink. Um, okay, so let me see. Um, well, I mean, I have I have some notes here, but what else do you think is important to talk about before we wrap things up and you tell people how they can find you, et cetera? I feel like whenever I'm speaking, I try to remind people of that power that they have inside of them, that I consider myself not as the guru per se, but the person to excavate the thing that's inside of them, that's going to get them to where they want to be. And so if someone's seeking and wants to know how to do something, I do this. Yes, we should reach out to people who've gone before us, but we also don't want to discount our intuition. I don't want them to discount their own intuition. And they're, they're the, they know best. They have spent the most time with themselves. You know, when you go and you hire someone to help you and coach you, we've known you for those 10 minutes. And we can use our intuition because I do let that be my guide because I'm an empath and I, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of intuitive um, uh, tools that I use in my practice. But I want, my objective is for the people that hear my voice or I come across to understand the power they have to make those changes in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, 
I could not agree more. Like our job is just to help people navigate. We help them navigate their own journey and everybody already has the tools inside that they need. It's a yeah. matter of accessing it, getting past mm-hmm. those barriers that are preventing them from accessing yeah. these tools, their authentic self, their empowerment. So yeah. I love that. I love Thank it. You. I agree. Okay. So how can people find you, work with you? Um, tell us about your anything. Plug away. Yes. So Love CEO Institute is the name of my company. I believe that love can be looked at from both left and right brain. And so that's what we do in our, in my practice. We teach the love intelligence method, self-care, authentic goals, staying true to yourself so that you can really fully enjoy life and design the life that you want. And so loveceoinstitute.com and Natasha McRae. I'm Natasha McRae everywhere. That's M-C-C-R-E-A. Um, so on Instagram, Twitter, but also um, on my website. And I, I would love to connect with all of you. If you have any questions for me, I have a button called Ask Natasha on my page where you can put any questions in there regarding love and dating. And I'll make sure that I answer them um, on my seven minute motivation that I do every Monday. Mm, so you do a live. Like yeah, I do a live. Okay. I do a live on, on cool. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And do you work with people one-on-one over yes. Zoom? Yes. Okay. I do work with people one-on-one over Zoom. Um, right. I love private coaching. I get a front row seat to see people's lives just blossom. Like that is so, I was working with my coach and my coach is like, you still want to do with all the things I'm doing, I'm launching a whiskey brand. I'm an actress. And they're like, okay, do you still want to do private coaching with what you're, you know, with all the things you're doing? And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm allocating, I have a block of five to 10. That's it that I will do private coaching. So it's like five, you know, private coaching slots that are open. So I do, I love private coaching. It just feels good. And I get that question also. And my answer is always, I will be doing this work until I die, no matter what all the mm-hmm. creative, like the, I'm writing a book and making a documentary at some point. I'm doing all these different things, podcasts. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is, that's how I started. That's how I started. Yeah. Uh, although I was mm-hmm. an actress when I was little, I was never a professional actress. Um, I mean, there, there's so much joy and so yeah. rewarding to help somebody change their life like that. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So thank you so much. And as everybody knows, you can always reach me very simply at therelationshipexpert.com. Um, so Natasha, thank you for yes. joining us. I had such a great time. <laughs> this was so great. You'll have to come back again because there are so many more that. topics that we could discuss. It was so great to have you today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Join us every week, Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific on Love Talk Live, Alley Talk Radio. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.